1: and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome everyone. Thank you so much for choosing your well-being goals. And we're running very fast towards the end of the year into holiday season, and although we need to be conscious of our well-being year round, I think especially toward the end of the year, we need to I think give it a little bit of extra effort, which is why I gathered these three awesome people to dive into it today. We have with us Howard Brown, the author of shining brightly and the shining brightly podcast and so many other things. Frank love who I met through the magic of the jam network, generous entrepreneurs and marketing I'm really glad to get to know you better and have you dive into this. And Corey Strum, who I know through innovation women that we've been working on getting you on the show for a while. And I really feel like especially now that i've learned more about your backstory that well-being is just like on the nose for you so yeah. thank you all for being here and i would love uh for you all to take a minute to share more about who you are and why this topic is so meaningful to you so let's start with you howard
0: first of all deb uh, and, and frank and carrie it's so nice to be here and share the uh the, the 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 camera with you today and the stage with you today um I'm Howard Brown, and um, I am, of course, uh, first of all, a son, a husband, uh, a a twin brother and uh, a husband and a dad. that's that's what really matters in life. But uh, professionally, Silicon Valley uh, technology entrepreneur, and um, I do a lot of stuff in the community as well. but the the my, my big gotcha was that I am a two time stage four cancer patient, survivor, and advocate. I was diagnosed with not Hodgkin's lymphoma in 1989 with a bone marrow transplant that saved my life for my twin sister. And unfortunately, at age 50, after colonoscopy, stage three, then metastatic stage four colon cancer. Well-being means a lot to me. I am breathing and I've been through a lot and we're going to talk a lot about that. So uh, that's that's why I'm here and I'm here to support you too, Deb. Awesome. Well, I,
1: I'm, well we've been friends a while now, so I know a little bit about what you've been through, and really nobody better to talk about this topic of surviving and keeping, you know, I guess, sane while going through physical challenges.
0: Absolutely. Bam. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Thank you. So, Frank, so please share who you are, why you're here, and why you adopted the name of Love with like the best podcast, Frank Relationships, best podcast name.
2: Thank you so much. I'm a husband, father of five, and I'm your brother. I may be your older brother, I may be your younger brother, but I'm your brother and I love you and I wanna see your relationship be successful. And I came to that through a series of experiences where I found myself really, I mean, the easy way to put it is crying. When I figured out where my tears came from and the commonality amongst, amongst my tears, And those instances, I had a greater understanding of myself and a greater understanding of the direction that I needed to be moving in at all times.
1: I love that you used your life to catapult you into helping other people lead better lives. So I can't wait to hear more of your story. And I am really glad to have you here.
2: Thank you. Glad to be here.
1: So,
3: yeah, your turn. (laughs) My turn. Yes, so I'm a USA Today bestselling author and podcaster. I've written about 30 books, but I thought I was pretty much just going to be living a creative life at home in my pajamas, eating snacks for the rest of my life, a very good life with a dog and all of that. But something pretty dramatic happened in 2020, which started me on my path of talking more about well-being and having a great relationship with yourself which is that my mother was murdered. And it made me really understand some things about our relationship, we had had a very difficult past. And I essentially had to come to understand the difference between a well cared for human and someone who was not well cared for either for a lack of resources on a systemic, larger macro level, or on the individual level, just not having the tools to build that relationship with themselves. And so after losing her the way that I did, i Become really connected to helping other people to make sure that they understand what they can do for themselves, even if the resources are not available in their lives, but also kind of fighting for this larger macro change that needs to happen on a on a bigger scale that would make that work easier on the individual level. So that would be how I got into well being.
1: Well, talk about a dramatic thrust. Yeah, to a purpose, right?
3: It's a big move from snacks, <laughs> snacks <laughs> to advocacy. Let me just say <laughs> it was a big move for me, anyway. So,
1: um, but an important one, and and actually, this is a uh, common for all of today's guests. You've all had challenges, and you've chosen to use your challenges for the betterment of others. Um, so really. Like I said before, this topic's always important, but I think especially this time of year when we're um, about to be thrust into a holiday season where everybody's rushing or seeing loved ones or not seeing loved ones, that the stakes are much higher and it's all that much more important to concentrate on well-being. So let's start with an easy one. What is well-being? Uh, How would you define it? Uh, do you want to start us off, Corey? Yes. My definition of
3: well-being involves having a really good relationship with yourself. So it isn't that we can completely inoculate ourselves from the challenges of life. Things will happen. People we love will get sick or someone will die or things will occur that are considered setbacks or obstacles. So it isn't that you just foolproof that kind of experience and And shut yourself off. It's more about having a really good relationship with yourself so that your resiliency is really high so that you can navigate those changes more easily. And so for me, that's broken down into four pillars, having a great relationship with your body, having a great relationship with your mind and emotions, which I consider to be one thing because they're so interconnected, having a great relationship with your creativity or your spirit, and then also a great relationship with other people. And so nurturing those four is what helps you to, to be at peace, to be confident in your own abilities, and to be healthy and know how to take care of yourself despite the challenging circumstances of being alive. I don't know anyone who's living who doesn't think that this is, this is a little difficult, <laughs> this ride. So,
1: Well, and you kind of, you packed everything <laughs> um, into, you know, that one piece. It's a good relationship with yourself, but it's, your your mind, body, spirit, and other people. Yes, there's
3: different aspects to that relationship, but yes, essentially, that's the full-bodied nature of it.
1: Nice. And so, Frank, uh, how do you define well-being?
2: Uh, a few. Well, first, before I answer that directly, I want to see. So, you said that we use our challenges towards benefiting other people, and while that's true. One of the things I want to make clear is that I don't see myself as altruistic. I'm not doing my work for the benefit simply of other people, but it's for the, also for the benefit of myself. The I want to I want to inspire my community to take care of their partners so that they inspire me to take care of mine. I believe that it's a reciprocal conversation. It's a reciprocal uh, line of communication and, and lifestyle where I get to check you and you get to check me and we get to inspire one another to do the best job that we can do at being partners with our partners
1: I, I am the the subtitle of the Deb show is inspiration and motivation so I'm right with you Frank it, it's all about the community and uplifting everybody because yes. then everybody wins.
2: Yes. And so that's a piece of well-being. Another piece of well-being is, as far as I as I believe and see it, is being a good child, a good sibling, a good friend, a good parent, and a good partner. All of those things culminate into well-being.
1: Awesome. I like that. Because, if it, well, and it ties into what Corey was saying, too. It does. Um, that when you're your best self, you could be good to, to others, not just to you. Absolutely. Nice. So, Howard, what do you think?
0: So I, I, I love what Corey and Frank said. Um, uh, you know, just a little off, off take of that is that self-care equals self-love. To me, that, that is well-being. So um, are you taking care of yourself and uh, are you getting enough sleep? Are you hydrating? Are you dieting? Are you uh, being disciplined to put that uh, phone away from, you know, are you, are you, are, are, are you basically taking care of yourself so that you can address, uh, you know, the, the, the job at hand, the family at hand, the, you know, whatever it is. And, and are you actually getting enough downtime? So all of that actually allows you to lift yourself up. If you can lift yourself up, then you can actually take care of the kids and take care of your spouse and take care of your partner. So that first thing is self-care equals self-love. You have to be able to make sure that, that you are functioning as optimally as you can. And if it's actually not to get out of bed that day, maybe it's not to get out of bed that day. So, uh, well-being encompasses everything that Corey and Frank said. So it's the mind, body, you know, and the spirit.
1: I, I, first of all, I agree with all of you. Obviously you're here. I knew, you know, we would all be on some similar, similar path. Um, So in the way you say, and I am, I'm all about goal goal setting simplified. So the way that you're all saying it, it's like, oh, it's easy. Take care of yourself. You can take care of others. You have that well-balanced life. We all know that is so easier said than done. So what do you think stops people from taking care of themselves? Where does that come from?
2: I'll jump right in. There's In our... In the world we live in today, um, which is you know, social media, and, and and there are a lot of short-term gratifications that we participate in, and it's easy to it's easy to lose sight of the under an understanding that diving too much into short-term gratification takes you away from the long-term gratification, and at times you actually have to you gotta not do the short-term. In order to get the long term, and so it's it's for the for as it pertains to self care, it's and you see my new earrings as that have shown up.
0: Wow, you're
3: you're getting attacked.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Forgive me. (laughs) Your business partner is uh, right behind you.
2: That's right. That's right. (laughs) So when we are Uh, for
1: those listening to the podcast. There is a tail that keeps coming out of Frank's ear, and it's hilarious.
2: <laughs> that, we believe it
3: this, that we believe this belongs to a cat, but we're not sure because we haven't seen the creature. It
2: is, it is the cat. It is. Cat. Ah, there's if she cat. has anything to say, I'll, I'll uh, prompt her in just a second. Perfect. Um, but it's important that we understand that the long-term payoffs come with when we invest long-term. And, and that, that ties into what I said at the very beginning around relationships, because it's easy, to, it's easy to be what I call, and there's different ways of looking at selfishness, but it's easy to be selfish looking for a short-term gain without realizing that. Uh, and so I can, I can determine that I'm only going to pay attention to me for however long I, I want to do that, but I'm not paying attention to the people around me. But at the same time, I lose sight that by paying attention to the people around me, they will take care of me. And so self-care can very well be taking care of other people and making sure other people are also taken care of so that they can take care of me. And we end up creating a community where we're taking care of each other. And that's that's important to me.
0: I want to take a spin on this step. So we wake up every day and we look in the mirror. And what do you see? all right? So guys, we shave, women put on makeup. You're looking in the mirror. Are you really looking in the mirror? I will tell you that coming out of the pandemic, most people do not like what they see, right? So they're, they're feeling lonely. They can be feeling depressed. They're, uh, they don't like their job. They don't like their relationship. Uh, they, they don't like the situations that they're in, all right? And that's the way that they're starting their day. Instead of actually going, I am blessed, I am grateful, I am lucky, and this is what I can do today. This is what I do love about myself today. If people were to find a small thing or a large thing that they love about themselves, we could start our days in a better way. And so I think that we're we're in a place now that it's very easy to get depressed. Uh, Just turn on the news, right? But it's hard, life is hard. And it's in a digital second. And so um, we, we sometimes need to slow it down and, and show ourselves what there is goodness in us. And we can, you know, flash our, our, our light forward. Um, and that's, that's the way I start my day. And, and you have to train yourself. It's a discipline. You have to be intentional. So that's my take.
3: And then I agree with both what Howard and Frank have said. I kind of view that their contributions are more within the construct of the pillars that I introduced. So negative self-talk, which is what Howard was just touching on, that fits into the relationship with your mind and then the reciprocity that's in the fourth pillar, relationships with others. For me, the primary two factors that prevent people from from taking good care of themselves is a misinformation about what that means, because there's a lot of misdirection in the media and in larger conversations about, you just need a bath bomb, you just need to have an hour to yourself, read your book, take some time off. And so there's a lot of misinformation about what that is, and it's coming from this place of people who want to commercialize it. So they want to be able to sell you So they're just telling you to do those things. So there's also the lack of information. But in addition to that, there's a lack of understanding um, kind of what needs to be done on the macro level. So tell a a wife with three children you just need to take better care of yourself and she's gonna (laughs) what is she gonna do she's going to come for you (laughs) with like a wooden spoon or something like she's gonna be like with what hours of the day do I have to do this work that you say I have to do for myself and the reason why she's going to feel that way is because she's under resourced in her community on a, a larger level like there is not the resource for her to do that work and so I think that there's both factors it's, there's actual lack of resources in the cases for many people and then there's also a lack of understanding of what it means to take care of yourself because you cannot take action steps if you don't know what your goals are you don't know what it is that you need to work on and so that lack of information definitely i think stops people before they even begin that's-
1: i first of all you hit on, you've all hit on so many things that I completely endorse and agree with. My big thing is you can't get what you want unless you know what that is. And so the Dev Method is all about creating the foundation for your goals, determine your mission, explore your options, brainstorm your path. And yes, a lot of people see that in the professional sense, but the personal sense is just as, if not more important, you need that foundation for your personal life so you can thrive in your professional life. So completely um, in alignment with all of you on that. The the other thing that you said, Corey, which is so true, you want to piss someone off, tell them to calm down. <laughs> it's
3: like, you just need to do this. Like, well, just, just spend more time cooking meals so that you're well nourished. And be like, with what hour of the day am I supposed to do that? Like, you know, I'd like you to say that to a very busy woman. <laughs> See, with you. See what happens next. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, and that's kind of what I mean about this piece about resources, because think about that. If you told someone you just need to eat healthier, for example, well, that requires either time to prepare the meals or understanding about meal prep. There's actual skills involved. And you could say, well, you could fix that if you had more money. You could just outsource those needs. But what if you don't have the money to do that? You know, so there's a lot of rubs also kind of built into the system that prevent people from being able to make some of these changes. It's not always just, do the thing it's like it's also i don't have the resource to do the thing so
1: i love that you use cooking as an example i am a reformed non-cook who is now a food writer and food podcaster so i i have my show taste buds with deb and it's all about food cooking and community um and one of the things i speak on is cooking for productivity i used to be that person who thought cooking was too time consuming and now I feel like it actually enhances your life. So it's not even just you need the resources to do the things. It's the mind swap, right? Or the 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 um, what it not mind swap? That's a different <laughs> mind swap, different conversation altogether. Uh, but the change in thinking. Um, okay, I need to eat healthier. I need to cook more. Well, what can I be working on in my head while I am cooking? So that's productive time. And then I can go back or use that as the break or find other things in your life that seem like chores, but find a way to make them self care.
3: Right. But would you say that you develop some skill set in order to be able to do that? Like you develop some mindset skills and you develop some cooking skills in order to do it productively,
1: right? Like you were able to. Well, you. This is the secret. That's not a secret. I discovered <laughs> the Instant Pot that you could put ingredients in there and turn it on and get things done while it is cooking. <laughs> so so
3: basically, um, for everyone to be well, we need to give everyone insta That's what I'm hearing.
1: Oh, well, you need to find things that you can set and forget. Yes. So while you're doing the other things, for sure. But yes, you're absolutely right. Yes, we could talk about food for an hour, but we probably will bore. Well, Deborah. not me, not you, but but that's the thing. It's what are the. What are ways that you can outsource some of the things that you can't do or be part of? Well, I don't want to answer this question. I'm going to ask this question: What are some things people can do so they have more time for well-being and self-care? Frank,
2: I'm 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 stuck on something that Corey said a few minutes ago. Oh and please, so if, if we could rewind for a second,
3: yeah, those
2: two concepts. That I think are important to to discuss. One is misunderstanding self care, and something that comes up here for me when we talk about self care, it's it's almost probably everybody is the the seat belt. The, no, no, it's the the face mask. Right. Scenario. Everybody knows about the face mask. You know, on the airplane, you put on, you got to put yours on before helping someone else. I'm all for it, but many of us think that that means we need to do everything for ourselves in order for us to feel satisfied and then we help someone else. I if anybody believes that I completely disagree with them and I really want to I really want to to interject the concept that says the face mask is the very basic. You just need to breathe. If you can breathe, you can help someone else breathe. You don't have to put your face mask on, get up, fix your luggage, Make sure your shoes are tied. You don't have to do everything that you can conceive of in order to be helpful to someone else. That's one piece that I think is very important. And and it's, it's very important in our relationships also, where we understand we don't have to fulfill all our wants, needs, and desires in order to be helpful to our partner. We can just deal with our very basics and then make sure our partner's needs, their very basic needs are met. I have a saying that uh, that I share different at different times that says if I eat if I eat breakfast, it's more important to make sure that you eat breakfast, too, before I eat lunch. And I believe that to be definitely something to implement in our relationships. Now, that's one concept. The other concept that she uh, that Corey maybe even unwittingly introduced was the concept of minimizing someone else's experience. Corey said, she, she talked about how some people say, you just need to do this, or you just need to do that. I promise you, anytime you or I are telling someone you just need to do something, you're minimizing their experience. Because you're acting as though all you got to do is this, it's so easy, <laughs> and instead of, instead of minimizing anyone's experience, we get to we get to respect their experience. We get to act as though we understand what they're going through. We understand that it may be challenging challenging, and that their challenges may be different from us. We look at them as though we respect them. We don't grimace and act as though, oh my God, yeah. we, we act respectfully with our partners at all times, no matter what they're going through, no matter what they're saying. And if we ever want to identify an unloving behavior, check ourselves when we're saying things like you just need to do x y and z. That's a that's a window into an opportunity where we are being unloving to our partners. For
1: sure. Yes, yes and yes. Thank you for that.
2: I was and- holding on to all of that. Now we can get back to your question. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: it, and but I love you put a food analogy in there too. You know, if I eat breakfast you need to eat breakfast too, and then we can move forward together. And I think it goes back to that whole "we are all in this together" mind yes. frame.
0: Yes. So some so, people are self-starters, Deb, and I, I, I love the fact that um, you can you can get accountability. So the mo, you know, listen for me, um, you know, getting back and building up my uh, my physical being and building up uh, myself again. Um, I had different folks that were I was accountable to. I was accountable to myself of showing up at the gym, showing up at the basketball court, showing up and, and hiking and, and biking and, and going through that. Um, but I actually had someone else I was meeting there, okay? They were We were accountable to each other. The other thing that I do as a little helpful hint is that I write it down, I measure it. And this comes right from your goal guide. I measure my steps, okay? And I actually have goals out there, so if I'm trying to get to ten steps, I'm not doing that on day one, but maybe day thirty, I'm getting there to five steps. So, um, so that that comes directly right from your goal guide is that that accountability is a measurement. Um, that accountability could be another person or a group of people that are along for the ride with you. And so that accountability to well being is is everything that Frank is telling you and everything that Corey is telling you. You don't have to do it alone.
1: It's First of all, (laughs) thank you for quoting my book. That was awesome. (laughs) Um, But that really is, it goes back to that community aspect. We're all in this together. So whether it's your friends, your family, your community, um, let's start like a self-care train because the better you are, you want to model the right behavior so the people around you get the memo as well, right? For sure.
0: Indeed, absolutely.
1: Discuss. <laughs> I should sometimes put my questions in the form of questions, uh, or we could go back to the okay. What stops people from self care, and how do we? I don't want to say fix them because then it's a you just. So we don't want to do that. But what are some things people can do to get in that mind frame to better embrace? the things they need to do for themselves so they can live a better, more fulfilled life.
3: I can jump in with that. I I think one of the things that stops a lot of people is a lack of self-worth. I know for a long time, when I was coming out of the, even long before what happened with my mother when she was murdered, my circumstances growing up were very challenging. By pretty much any measurement. And when I was first escaping this kind of cycle, generational trauma cycle, there's a really low self worth. And so I didn't believe I was deserving of care on a lot of levels. And so if you don't have the belief that you deserve to be taken care of, that you deserve to be happy, that you deserve to be well, that you deserve to have these good things in your life, it can be really almost a non starter to start doing the work if you don't hold that belief that you're worth it. And so before anything else is done, I would say that would necessarily need to be addressed if if that's something that people are struggling with, for sure.
1: And, but it it doesn't feel like that's something that can be fixed with air quotes, you know? Oh, no, you can. I love myself now. (laughs) So I can
3: prove that it can be fixed. I didn't you know, 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, but you can absolutely learn to love yourself. Some of it is about moderating the negative self-talk that Howard talked about earlier. Some of it is about building healthy relationships with others, which is what Frank has touched on. It can be very difficult if you come from a challenging background where none of the relationships in your life are especially loving to know what it means to have a loving relationship with other people, whether that be friendship or partnership or any kind of relationship. And so just discovering what you deserve, how you deserve to be respected, how you deserve to be treated by others, what your boundaries are being able to feel that you can ask for those boundaries to be loved and respected. So for example, there was a great deal of addiction and stuff in my family. And so this idea of having healthy boundaries, emotional boundaries, non-existent people were very much trampling those things. And so just learning what is not okay, that can be a lot of work. And so all of that is learning. These things will naturally build your self-worth. It will build your sense of being deserving of love and care. And so it just takes one or two good people in your life to show you something different. That was basically the catalyst for me was I had a couple of good people early on in my late teens, early 20s, who kind of showed me that there was another way to live. And so I think if the healed versions of us, four of us, me, you, (laughs) you, Frank Howard, if we can be loving even just to the people in our lives, that would be a good modeling technique that you were talking about we just touched on with modeling for others you can do that to also convey that message that they are worthy of care and that they are worthy of of being loved and treated well for sure thank you
1: for that uh, frank was about to jump in
3: it can be healed back me up frank it can be healed
2: <laughs> hey i'm backing you completely uh, many of us do not understand that we can change the world starting with how we deal with our partners. And I, I really, I mean, it's, it said, uh, there's a saying that goes, uh, the, the flap of a butterfly's wings can cause a hurricane on the other side of the world. I, I agree in, in, in general with that concept. But I, and my way of looking at it and my way of putting it is we get to create a world starting with how we deal with our partners. And that's a big deal because often we don't see that is significant. We don't see that the way we deal with our partners as being significant to the entire world, but it is. People are watching us. Your children are watching you. Your partner's watching you. And we get to, in our relationships, we get to create a loving culture in our relationships. And the way you create a loving culture is by going first. You get to be the person that does whatever the missing action or the whatever the missing characteristic is in your relationship if you don't feel as though you all are doing a good job or if you even don't if you don't feel like your partner's doing a good job at communicating we get to step up our communication and and whatever that variable is it starts with us and as individuals and we get to ramp ramp up Meaning we get to escalate goodness, de-escalate challenges and problems instead of escalating whatever the behavior is that we don't like, that we may be receiving from our partner or we may be perceiving from our partner. We get to be the one to says, I'm not giving, I'm not going to give what I think I'm getting. I'm going to give the other side, I'm I'm going to be the source of goodness for this relationship and ultimately the world, because I want my partner to start to see that what I'm doing and appreciate it and give it back to me. And then people will see the quality of our relationship and hopefully want to adopt that in their relationship. And it just spirals out of control. <laughs> the goodness spirals out of control. <laughs>
1: I, I One thing I just want to highlight, underline, uh, put asterisks next to is something you just said, we get to be the one, the source of goodness. And I love, and I'm sure I've said this before, it's the mind frame. It's not I have to, it's I get to. And that I think adds so much extra fuel to whatever... You want to put out into the world, so thank it's you an for opportunity.
2: That. It's absolutely an opportunity that we get to seize, or not.
0: So, uh, Howard. So we, we you know, we 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 are in a culture now of influencers, and uh, and and everything looks so perfect, right? In a digital second, everything looks so supermodel perfect. Uh, every product is perfect, and and everything is perfect. That's just not life. Life is messy, okay. Uh, it's it it is not uh, a straight line. And, um, you know, I, I like to say that we all get knocked down in, in life and in business and in relationship and in health, in my case. And the choice is to get back up again. And we all call that getting unstuck. Right. And there's lots of ways to get unstuck. There's lots of coaching. Um, and, and, and you have to do that uh, many times in a mental state and a physical state, in a spiritual or vibration state. There's just so many ways that you can do that. And but one of the ways that I like to do that when I talk about coaching and talking and, and, and speaking to people is that we put so much pressure on ourselves, right? We're focused like a microscope on ourselves. If you are able to step out, and this goes exactly to what Corey and, and Frank said, if you go and help someone else by a random act of kindness, buy them a cup of coffee or sit with someone, uh, you know, an elderly aunt and go shopping with her, Go walk someone's dog or go take that mom's three kids so she can actually get something done for herself, okay? The endorphins change, your mindset changes, and you've taken the microscope off yourself, all right? That actually is one of my little tricks to be able to actually go take that uh, off yourself and be able to actually not think so hard, Not uh, and, and one of the ways to get unstuck. And so it's a secret to go help somebody else all right, and then you'll be helping yourself back to what Frank said is that you've done something good for someone, and boy, does that feel good, and it might alleviate some of uh, where you're at, you know, and when you're over analyzing and, and over stressed, over panicked.
2: Oh, ooh, oh, oh, ooh. pick, <laughs> Frank. pick,
0: Frank. pick Frank. Frank, pick Frank, pick Frank.
2: <laughs> Let me add a, a second piece to what Howard just said, and that's one way to connect with people is to share. Your doo doo to share your you share how you have screwed up and and I'll tell you and I say this I say this all over the place I was not a good husband to my first wife I was insensitive I didn't understand what my responsibilities were and I just I just dropped the ball I know it I I, I accept it and there's no two ways about it. And I'll tell you and I'll tell anybody else that. <laughs> and so by, by being able to say that, I open up the conversation to other people who have screwed up in their relationships and hopefully they, they are willing to share whatever they did, however they may have screwed up. And it just, it starts a conversation that I believe to be, that I, that I hope is a loving
0: conversation. So, so I guess I didn't see it. Deb, own your doo doo. Where is that flashing across the screen, baby?
1: <laughs> oh, I, I put. It's to share how you screwed up.
0: <laughs> All right, own your doo doo sounds better, but I like it. I like to own you your doo <laughs> you doo.
1: <should be> paraphrased. <laughs>
3: But okay, no, I, I absolutely agree with Frank. And and you'll find that people resonate with that, even if it wasn't your intention to put everything out there. So for example, I chronicled the experience of losing my mother in my show, the Who Killed My Mother, the podcast. And so I carried them through that beginning to end. And it was never, I would just put that out there to share with others kind of her story and hope that it would help people. And I got a lot of emails from people basically saying things that had been difficult about their families. And so it wasn't even my original intention as for people to connect, but I think it's a natural human desire to want to connect with others who they feel that sense of reciprocity of, I have gone through something similar to what you have gone through. And so I think that Frank's absolutely right. There's a connection there with... with sharing that part of yourself even though it's not necessarily pretty like it, it wasn't <laughs> it was definitely a lot of my family's doo do as frank says about things that they had gotten wrong you know and so it wasn't great to put it out there in that sense but it seems to have been of great value to others so i think there's something to be said for being vulnerable in that way
1: well you never know who needs to hear your message until right. you put your message out there
2: that's <laughs> right and if i can double down on the doo-doo please,
1: <laughs> please.
2: I happen to think relationships, when we get into a long-term relationship, we're inevitably saying your doo-doo is the doo-doo I'm okay with having rubbed on me. Because <laughs> we're all going to get doo-doo on us, but it's it's just, hey, I'll take yours. That's how, I, that's how I'm experiencing my relationship, and I'm fine with it. I, my wife... <laughs> Hey, you know, we, we deal with each other's doo-doo.
3: <laughs> Frank is committed to this analogy. I, yeah.
1: I, I appreciate and I love that, that level of commitment, but I am going to ask another question.
2: <laughs> we're not going to triple down on the doo-doo?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we've... Coming out. We've, yeah, I, I think we're we're good. I think the metaphor, the doo-doo metaphor, it, it's very relevant and very important. And also, you know, you're, you're sharing, maybe you're cleaning each other's up. See, this is why I was trying to veer away, because we could do another 20 minutes on this. However, let's go back to the, I don't want to say fixing things, but the fixing thing, you know, what are, I would love to know how each of you practice well-being. What, what is the, uh, number one or a few things that you attribute to keeping that balance in your life. So, uh, Howard, do you want to start sure. us off with this one?
0: So, I I, have I know to the tell answer. You, you already know the answer because it's I I you find your happy place, your stress-free zone. Mine is the basketball court. I I love it. Um, I get out there. I'm trash talking. I I just. I I lose myself within it and um, all of my little ailments seem to go away. They come back after, uh, but it's a place that I I set myself free. And I want everyone to find a happy place, go there as much as you can. And for you, it sounds like you've picked up cooking. It can be hiking, biking, meditation, travel, um, art, uh, music. Um, It can be anything you want it to be, but go find one, go find that place where you can just be you and leave it out there. And, and um, that's that's my answer to pra- how I practice well-being. And I do it a couple of times a week.
1: And you are you are half right. Yes, cooking is my happy place, but I'm also a fan of those two-minute dance breaks All throughout right. the day when you need to reframe um, or just, you know, step away from the computer and re-energize yourself, so...
0: I love it. Again, they, they, they can be short like the little dance break. They can be putting your phone down and, and having, you know, go uh, walk your dog. and But do it without the phone. You don't need that phone with you. I hate it when you're talking on the phone, you're walking the dog. Take, take it and do it that way. But, but, but get into a consistency. Okay. And you can change it up too. Again, this is you. This is your time. You choose it, but schedule it in. I schedule in my happy time.
1: I, well, you know, (laughs) did you read that in my book too? Yes. You need to schedule the personal time, not just the time for your professional goals, because if it's in the calendar, you will do it. If it's not in the calendar, you you need to treat the self-appointments as the goal that they are because you need to do that so you can be better to the world around you. I'm still stuck on the eat breakfast, make sure your loved ones have breakfast, and then everyone moves on to lunch together. Because that's I it. really, a, it's just such a great community, uplifting analogy. So Frank, tell us a little bit more about your well-being practice.
2: I have a checklist. I have a, uh, uh, I print a checklist every night. I wake up to it. It, uh, it has a whole, I mean, it's like 30 things on it. There's uh, I, I get up, I pray, I drink a glass of water. There, yeah, I, I got to get drink six glasses of water a day, three cups of tea. Um, there's some exercises that I do that I, I do six set of those exercises. So I've got a whole I've got a whole rundown of the things that I believe it's important for me to accomplish each day as a part of my self-care. And then moving from that version, the personal self-care. It moving into the realm of my my relationship. There there are some questions that I ask myself. But there's there's five eyes that I that I have have shall we say coined. And that's am I giving my time to my wife? I, um, I'm committed to being loving to her, and that means at every moment in time I'm committed to being loving to her. And I'm asking myself, am I being loving in this particular moment? all the time, not just do I love her, but am I being loving right now? The third is, am I 100% in my relationship? Meaning, am I exhibiting a, a, a beingness that says, I'm with my partner no matter what she does? No deal breakers, and I'm not what I call holding the wall. And holding the wall is a swimming metaphor where you can't swim if you're holding the wall. The fourth is, do I demonstrate that I care about everything? As it pertains to my partner, my relationship, and I do work to absolutely care about everything. I I don't want to ever say or act as though I believe I don't care. I you know I don't care is something that I hopefully will never come out of my mouth. I care Love about all of it. yes, I care about all of it. And then I'm intimately connected to my my partner's history. And one of us one of us touched about uh, I believe it was Corey talked about. She's talked significantly about. Her history and her family's history, and when we're in, a, when we're with a partner who has trauma in their history, when they, when we, and we all have it, but when we're, when we're with a partner who is dealing with a traumatic past, and we're all dealing with it, it's important to respect that past and to respect it in a way where we're, where we're demonstrating care as it pertains to how they're dealing with it. That we're, we're comforting at times. It's 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 very important to make sure that we are not just acting as though our partner is or should be whatever we think they should be. But we have to respect their history, their past and whatever they're doing to wrestle with it or navigate that right now. And that's all a form of self-care to me.
1: Wow. That that's Really fantastic. I, I love the level of detail. I, I love the, the 30 things, but I also love the level of detail with which you are conscious about your relationship every single day. So amazing. Thank you for sharing that, Frank. We really appreciate that. So Corey. You get to follow
3: that. Oh, I get to follow that lovely, lovely answer by these two gentlemen. I agree both with Howard that it's important to cultivate joy in your life because essentially that's what I feel like he was touching on was all the different ways he cultivates joy and happiness in his days and that's certainly part of My self-care practice, because that's my third pillar. That's the connection to creativity and spirit. So for me, that's usually some form of creativity. Like I like to paint. I like to uh, draw. I like to write books. I am a very creative person. So that's important to me, that form of expression. Also, what Frank was saying, having loving connections to other people makes me feel very cared for, very supported. So I try to make sure that I'm also very present in those relationships, especially because I now have a very clear picture of what it's like to not have those kind of relationships in your life. And so I tend to be very grateful for the ones I do have. And so I do put in a lot of effort into my relationships with others. But then I also have two other aspects that are very important, which is my relationship with my mind and emotions. And so I typically use meditation for that or journaling, which is having a good pulse on where I am at any time emotionally, what I'm thinking. Uh, Howard mentioned earlier negative self-talk. I try to have a good pulse on what my negative self-talk is. Is it really high that day? If it is, I need to do a lot of mitigation. I need to bring that down because self-talk can get you... negative self-talking, you really get, you can tank your mood. (laughs) You can go downhill so fast. If you spend all day telling yourself what a piece of crap you are, you know, it's, you just really start to like hate everything. And so you got to really be mindful of that. I also try to have a really good relationship with my body and self-talk is part of that. But also I love to walk and I love to do yoga. And I do also enjoy two minute dance breaks. And so things that make me happy to be in my body, to have my body, to be appreciative of my body, I try to practice those things as well. And that's in addition to a similar 30 task list, like Frank, which I have on my skincare, brush teeth, Listerine, floss, (laughs) water pick, put on real clothes, not just yoga pants, pray, journal, affirmation. So I also have things like that as well. But essentially, it all falls under those four pillars, which is doing something loving for my body, taking stock of where I am mentally, doing that meditation, connecting with joy and connecting with others.
1: Uh, First of all, these are wonderful. And we're going to dive into goals in a minute. I have a feeling we're going to have some repeats, which is fine. But the thing that I love most about your list is that you've got some like really easy things on there. And it's just, but when you have it in front of you, it's really, you know, okay, did I do this? Did I do that? It makes it easier to have that kind of routine. And then you get the joy of did this, did that. So nothing like really off those ticks. Yes,
3: yeah. I, I can't be the only one that finds joy scratching off the to-do. The to do
0: well, and, oh, and,
1: <laughs> and I'm a, a, and I do this when I do my goal setting workshops, you know, one of the strategies for success is, you know, you've got, the hacking the um, and, you know, celebrating the wins. So you when you've got your list, you don't scratch things off. You check them off. Or if it's electronic, you write done and you keep them on there so you can see your accomplishments and it can help motivate you to keep going. So, oh, I love lists. They're so much fun. It's so productive. What I would love, uh, and you've already given so graciously, so many wonderful tips for the more well-being life. Um, So let's just dial it back. I would love for you each to gift a goal to our audience. What is something that they can do today, tonight, tomorrow to just um, set better or be better with their well-being? So what kind of goal would you like to gift? Um, Corey, we can start with you. Well, since we've had a lot of shares of
3: what to do, I'm going to take the opposite position because I like to be contrarian sometimes. And so I will say my gift to you is to figure out what you can say no to especially this holiday season, I feel like during the holidays, one of the reasons why they're so challenging is because there's a lot of pressure to do all the things to have the perfect meal on the table, see everyone you've ever met in your life, this, this and this, you have to see the lights, you have to get sweaters for the dog, you have to get the list. And you can definitely feel like you're not measuring up in your life. And so my goal gift to the listeners would be, what can you say no to? that would allow you to have more time to do the things that really do make you happy. Like the things that, you know, create joy for you, what you love to do this time of year or any time of year in your life, make more space for that by saying no to the things that you really only do because you feel pressured to do that. You feel guilty if you don't do, but that aren't necessarily actually connected to your well-being at all. It's just coming from a different place. So what can you say no to? That's my gift.
1: I love that. I, I love saying no because when you say no to others, you're saying yes to yourself. So yeah, really put it, yeah. Love and appreciate that one. Thank you, Corey. Frank?
2: Oh uh, okay. The the I'm gonna talk about the checklist again. Now, in in the spirit of revealing one more time, my feet stink sometimes. <laughs> and it's important for me to put on my my foot cream at night and in the morning. That's a part of my mm-hmm. checklist. So for all of the things that you need on your checklist, it could be little things like that. Take your vitamins, take your medicine. It could be drinking water. Make a list of the very basic things that you want to get done each day that would lead you to feel accomplished. The very basic of being accomplished at the end of the day. Take a, if you What I do is I at the end of the day, the next morning, I scan my list, save it to the date, and I can always go back and look at it. Uh, but please, create a checklist, and if your feet stink, make sure you add the cream to your list.
1: <laughs> <post>. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you for that, Cher. Absolutely. Um, and so, what about you, Howard?
0: So, I, first of all, I, Corey, love the discipline of saying no. It's a discipline. Um, Frank, we've gone sneaky feet and doo-doo. And I, I got to get with you, man, because we we, we we got it. We got to self-groom a little bit together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love it. All right. So I want to challenge everyone to actually put a little K, okay, when they witness or choose kindness. If you see someone do an act of kindness, put a little K. Uh, if you see it on TV and you see a little kiss or you perform, uh, you know, something nice. I want every day, you know, whatever, if if you end up with one K or 50 K's that day, I want everybody to choose kindness for the next 30 days during the holidays, they can find something. You have to find one, just one act of kindness uh, for yourself or for others and, um, and put a little K on your calendar or say a K for what it was, a kiss or coffee or whatever it is. That's all I want everyone for 30 straight days to find a little bit of kindness.
1: Why stop at 30?
0: Well, that's the discipline. If you start with 30, then the month resets and you're doing your next 30. I don't want it to be overwhelming. We got to ease everybody into that. And that's the discipline there.
1: And what's really funny is so this week we're talking about well-being and next week's show is on giving and I was really debating which one to invite you onto, Howard. And I, re- I I, love that we chose this one and that it leaks into, because isn't that really what well-being and self-care is about? It's giving to yourself so you could be better shaped to give to others and raise that whole spirit
0: thing. I, I think that... Uh, 100% agree. But I think what you know, the world seems to be lacking, or or individually people are lacking, is this some compassion, some empathy, some grace. Um, it's just in this in the newsreel media of politics and wars and school shootings and 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 and, and the the games that the kids are playing in this digital moment. I, I think that we we just react too quickly. We actually, I, I really, you know, I, and this is a discipline, but this is what I do. And, and I, I know I'm learning now from Frank, if you do it for your partner, a little compassion, a little empathy, a little grace goes a long way.
3: I would also like to say, oh, I'm sorry, Frank, you want to you jump in there first?
2: Uh, no, you can go, Please.
3: I was going to say, Howard, something that you introduced two times now, and I don't know if you realize that you did it or not, but you also talked about gratitude earlier and you just talked yes. about kindness and yes, whether yes. you realized it or not, you talked about it in a repetitious way. And I just also wanted to throw out to people that if you struggle with kindness, either towards yourself or others, or if you struggle with gratitude for yourself or others, it is a practice like you will get better at it the more that you do it. So Howard's suggestions are very good because it gives you this opportunity to practice it because very much like a muscle, you will get better at it the more that you do it. And so from a trauma background, for example, you become trained to look for danger. You become trained to look for unsafe situations. It can be really challenging to train yourself to look for good things when you've only been trained to look for bad things. And so it's a really important aspect of making that shift. So thank you, Howard, for bringing that up, <laughs> whether that was your intention or not. That's it, a good
0: was, it, was, it was my intention. But the fact that you wrote 30 <laughs> books and are academic and you backed me up. I get my proof case
1: <laughs> gold star. Amazing. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Where can people learn more about you and all that you do uh, Howard?
0: Yes. Um, so, um, I'm easily, you take the shining brightly and you add the dot .com and you find me and I'm very interactive and you'll learn about my book shining brightly and the podcast of the same name. And also, um, uh, Uh, my speaking and uh, and my coaching and my advocacy work of what I care about. And so please come visit me. Uh, I would greatly appreciate that at shiningbrightly.com. And for you, Deb, we are shining brightly. This whole panel is amazing. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Howard. And Frank, where can people learn more about you?
2: Franklove.com. Simple enough.
1: (laughs) Easy, easy peasy. And like, let's not complicate
3: this. (laughs) And Corey. And I have a couple of websites. So if you're looking for my fiction or my poetry or my creative work, that is CoryMshrump.com, which you just shared down there at the bottom. But if you're looking for my podcast or my speaker work, that's a wellcaredforhuman.com or a who mother.com And then that's the name of my two podcasts as well: the Who Killed My Mother and A Well Cared for Human. And I do have an episode specifically that says what, how to take care of yourself during the holidays, which is relevant. I posted it this time last year. So I will also gift that to you guys as well, because that's up there, of course, for free and everything. So please go enjoy that if you need a little extra support this time of year. It's basically about how not to let your family drive you crazy.
1: (laughs) I love it. Um, And I am at the dev method everywhere. If you go to the devmethod.com slash blog, you can get the recaps and the links. I also put in all of my panelists LinkedIn, so you can reach out and connect with one or all of us and just tell uh, that this is where you met and let's keep that connection, that community going. Um, Before we wrap, I would love for um, each of you to just share a final thought. What is one thing that you want people to, if they take away one thing from this conversation, What do you want that to be, Corey?
3: We said it, but it's worthy worthy of repeating, which is that you are worthy of care. If you don't believe that you're worthy of being taken care of, of taking care of yourself, investing in yourself, I just want to reiterate that that is not true, that you're absolutely worthy of care.
1: You absolutely are. And Frank?
2: I want to share a quote. we didn't share this quote during the during the uh, during our session together so far, but there's a quote that means a very a lot to me and it's "I've known since I was a child that bees can sting, and then when they sting, they die, and nevertheless they sting. Unable to explain to a bee that its stinging would merely hurt me but would kill it, I behave with great respect toward bees and that's by Thomas Schelling. And that goes. It speaks to it speaks to a higher level of love that we can give one another. It's one of my favorite quotes.
1: Thank you for sharing that, Anna Howard. What, um, what say you? Let's wrap us up.
0: So I will tell you that if this is directly from my book, we can if we can shine brightly a little bit each day for ourselves, for others, our neighbors, and our community. I guarantee you the world will be a better place.
2: Yeah, here.
1: Absolutely. Wow. What a, and a wonderful quote to land on. Thank you again, Howard Brown, Frank love Corey Shrum for joining me today. Thank you for tuning in. Be good to yourself. You don't need our permission, but you have it in spades. Make some self care goals, go out there, go for it because we know you can do it. thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn. Follow at The Dev Method on social media and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals and remember you can do it.